We've got a brand new Disney podcast on the Geek Therapy Network. It's called The Happiest Pod on Earth. To learn more and subscribe, visit happy.geektherapy.com. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Geek Therapy was founded on the theory that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the content that we love. Today we're going to talk about reflecting on roles that we play in video games, tabletop RPGs, just games in general. My name is Josue Cardona and with me are Lara Taylor. Hey! And Lauren Keller. Hello! Alright, I I usually like play the type of characters that are either support roles or healers and I, I tend to play like a sniper, like ranged, you know, I'm a bow and arrow person, I'm... I'm I got some distance. That that's usually how I play, but not lately. And I've been thinking a lot about why that might be. Hmm. So uh, I've seen people on the Discord talk about this recently. So I'm curious, what kind of characters do you, do you all play? Do, or do you always play the same type of characters, or do you change it up? Do you think that it's somehow a reflection of of who you are and who you want to be? I know. Laura, I know you've played a lot of World of Warcraft in the past. and, and oh, a lot. Play- yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and you played all sorts of type of games where you have to choose a role or a class. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you usually pick? I have, when you asked us to think about this, I was like, oh, this is easy for me. And it totally reflects on me and who I am. So I don't like responsibility. So <laughs> <laughs> I never pick a tank. And I never pick a healer. Um, I always go for the damage person. I do sometimes switch back and forth between ranged and um, and like melee, like up close fighting. I do like to go in and just run into things and just swing at things with weapons. Or you know, in Destiny, a Titan. I like to be able to be run up there and do things. Although I make you usually go up ahead because I'm too squishy, even though I am the one that's supposed to run up and do things. But it's true. (laughs) It's very true. I really just, I don't like all that pressure being on me. Um, I tried tanking once and I was horrible at it in WoW. Uh, I don't like the responsibility of being in charge of making sure no one else gets hurt or no one else dies. I like to be the one that just does all the damage. And it's going to be interesting. I'm starting a, a D&D campaign soon with some friends, and there are two of us that are paladins. Usually when I pay, play a paladin, I'm like, wow, or whatever, I'm just damage. I don't really take on any responsibility. But in a role-playing sense... It's going to be very different. The paladins are the ones with the charisma, and I don't really like that much attention brought to myself. So my charisma score is the highest, so the other paladin is like, why don't you be the face of the group and the one that does all the talking? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa there, buddy. <laughs> uh, that's not normally what I do. So it's going to push me to do something a little different. Um Yeah. I'm a little, I don't know, I'm nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny how you phrase it. Like You don't want a, that attention. But uh-huh. that's exactly why I like to like stand back. Because I feel that the, that the, the DPS or the, the people who are up front and, and really doing the damage are more literally front and center. 
and more visible. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess it, it depends on how you value the different roles, right? But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, like if you are doing the damage. For me, it's more about the responsibility part of it. Um, the yeah. the uh, no. attention part is more in a in the like I said in the role playing sense. I am a very indecisive person, and so I like other people to make decisions for me. And so this is going to be very very interesting and probably disastrous for our group. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to be keeping notes while I <laughs> and journaling while I play this game. Oh. So along those lines, in a game like Destiny. If you or, or any other game, right, where you're just like uh, the the DPS character, there aren't that many decisions to make. It's like go and hit the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And that's okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Not. Makes I sense. don't like to make making too many decisions. I usually go with a simplistic build on things. I like characters that not necessarily magic users. We have to think a lot and make decisions on spells. I like put on some armor, grab a weapon. And go do things and swing swords. <laughs> so, so um, like, like, would you rather have like a like a broadsword, like a two handed sword, than a sword and shield? Because then you just like you can't no, even block. You're just no. you just want to hit. I, I, yeah. I like the sword and shield usually because I also tend to not be very good at um, mechanics and 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 I have a friend that tells me all the stuff that I need to know and I'm like it makes no sense to me tell me what I need to do (laughs) and I like having he's like every time I play a game where there's like skill trees he's all and and I've learned I have to pick the defense things first because I usually end up just running in into into peril and, and getting attacked and so I need all the extra health I need all the extra armor and and defense so I need that shield Although this time around with this D&D game I'm playing, I have a, a versatile weapon that I can use both two-handed and one-handed. So That's a lot of choice. How are you going to do it? Of, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of choice. It's a <laughs> lot of choice. And wow, my main character was a death knight. And I think about it now, it was a dual wielder. But also, I didn't need to worry about the healing because... I was in a, a guild with a lot of healers, so I didn't need to worry about that because someone else had the responsibility of making sure I stayed alive, not me. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. And so are all of these things that you're saying reflections of who you are in real life? Oh, yeah. I don't like responsibility. This is why I'm kind of okay in my middle management role in my job. I would rather be lower down on the totem pole. I don't like responsibility. <laughs> Well, and technically now, like in the future, you're going to be an outpatient therapist, right? So you have you'll have technically less responsibility right. as I far won't as be management. A, yeah, I won't be a supervisor. I won't have to. I, I will have to answer to other people, but I will not have like if there's some kind of policy that like makes someone frustrated, I can be like, "That's not my fault. That's their fault." Um, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also. Um, like I said, I am an indecisive person. I have a hard time making decisions. Anytime I can have someone else make decisions for me, I'm all for it. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. that is how I play my games. No responsibility and indecisive. <laughs> this, this is really interesting because I've seen it play out in both ways where like we make the decisions in the games that reflect 
who we are because those are the roles we're most comfortable in. But then I've also seen where people choose the roles that are different from who they are day to day because they, they want to be something different when they play the game. Well, so, and that's, that's the case when I played um, Life is Strange is all about decisions. And I liked it because most decisions, you could go back and change the decision. Uh, so I would test things out, kind of like a choose your own adventure. Um, I ended up playing that one as myself, which was interesting because sometimes games with decision trees and things like that, it's, am I going to play it as if I were this character or if, how I think this character should be making the decisions? Or am I going to play it as if it were me making the decisions? Because I think sometimes you can make that distinction that um, like in Life is Strange, I'm not Max. I don't have the same experiences as Max. Um, and I could be playing it as this is what Max would do. Or I can be playing it as this is what I would do. And I think for the most part, I played that game. This is what I would do. Uh, you couldn't help yourself because you had a crush on Chloe. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, I did. Uh but we had a whole episode about that a while back where yeah, it was yeah. me living out my lack of uh, outness in, in high school and my, my, me wanting to have girl crushes. So that was a whole other thing. But yes, that was also a reflection of who I am. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, right? It's like, it's like even the whole idea of Life is Strange where you play as my son, you can, you can rewind time and do over things. It was like a do over of high school for you in a way. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Huh. Yep. Okay. Okay. We'll circle back to some of these points. Oh, I'm 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 down. Let's let's circle back to it later. <laughs> Let Lauren do some talking. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? What kind of roles do you usually play in games? Um, it's it's pretty dependent on what the game is, what kind of game. I've played a fair amount of um D and D tabletop stuff in my life. I think the first time I played D&D, I was like nine. And I played, uh, I think we were playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And I played a halfling rogue who on our first adventure picked up a magical sword in the forest and then got turned into a paladin, which was <laughs> just buck wild. To this day, I'm very like, mm, paladin's girl. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> different role. Oh, yeah. That's very, very confusing. Now I'm imagining a halfling paladin and laughing so hard. It, it was it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Mm, but um, okay. and then, you know, if you get into more uh, video game side, like I put a lot of hours into Fallout 3 and New Vegas and uh, Mass Effect and games games like that, the Baldur's Gate games that have role-playing character creation elements to them. And it, it sort of depends on what the, um, you know, the theming of the game is. If it's more D&D &D fantasy style, I tend towards, um, uh, I'm a big fan of um, playing, you know, playing the rogue. I want to I be the rogue. Skyrim, D and D, Pathfinder, all sorts of stuff. I was like, I, I want to be the the sneaky rogue, but I, I'm I always tend to be more of the um, 
the Robin Hood type of rogue, where it's like, I want to steal, but I want to steal from the rich to give to the poor. Or it's like, I want to break into this house, but I want to break into this house because it's like the slave owner's house, and I want to bust into the slave owner's house and break their stuff. Ha 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 ha. You're not like the serial killer rogue or the no, like, no, it's, evil it's like, assassin um, rogue. <laughs> it's like, I, I've played like many games where it's like, I will be a rogue and I will use the um, hide in shadows skill and the, the sneaking skills and the lock picking skills. And I will never once pick anybody's pocket. It's like, I'm like, nah, I don't need to steal from you. I'm just going to break into this castle and, and take everything from the count because his jewels are mine now. Ha 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 ha. Um, and then, you know, just immediately take them to the local merchant. And I'm like, can I trade this for ale? <laughs> um, Lauren burning down capitalism in games. And yeah. Life. Yeah. It's like as I as I was <laughs> as I was going, I, I sort of made a like a little list of various characters that I've played to sort of uh, think about it. And um, I realized that that's definitely like a common theme in in the roles that I will play is that I tend towards being like chaotic good, where it's like I'm I'm picking all of the uh, the paragon uh, good kid choices, but if I get an opportunity to like smash oppressors, I'm like hell yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. <laughs> it, it's like I'll be good right right up until you have me like oh the good thing to do would be to support the current establishment, and I'm like actually anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that a reflection of who you are in real life, or what you do in real life, or what you wish you could do in real life? I think it is very much. Uh, reflective of my uh, relationship to the idea of power, I guess. Because a lot of the times when we're playing these role, these roles in games, it's like especially in video games, you're playing, you know, protagonist, McHero, super extraordinaire. Um, or if you're playing, um, you know, more cooperatively D and D with a bunch of people, it's like you're a team trying to do whatever goals but I, I it's it's it always sort of comes down to like in this environment you have a specific set of power and how are you going to use that power and I think for me is if if I'm given the ability to to role play is like I, I want to use my power to disempower oppressors I want to use my power to uh, you know break down power structures that require <laughs> people to eat shit on the bottom and i think that is absolutely reflective of my my real life self i do think that um i tend to play uh, my my role playing tends to be um a little bit more <laughs> how do i want to phrase this um i would like to think that i real person am not as much of a shit as I play in role-playing games <laughs> because I definitely go for the like you know the like ah you little shit <laughs> it's like I'm like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try and solve problems non-violently but it will be sarcastically um <laughs> and stuff like that uh yeah yeah I do I do think that that it is reflective of some of, you know, some of my current traits. It's reflective of some things that, like, I wish I had the power to be in real life. 
And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just trying out something different that's not like me. Um, I am a fan of... Uh, <laughs> okay, so I've, I've only ever really played... I, I usually don't pick, like, straight fighters, generally speaking, in, in anything. It's like... Do you pick gay fighters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> that's actually sort of what I'm getting to is, like, the one time that I've played as a human barbarian that I really, really enjoyed it, I played as an extremely anxious human barbarian who was paired with a totally idiot wizard and that was so much fun and totally out of like what I would normally pick. I think usually I would be the idiot wizard, but it was it was very exciting to play something sort of, you know, the the typical barbarian like let's smash and destroy everything, but then adding this I was like, well, actually I'm I'm like, you know, I'm scared of heights and um I'm really uncomfortable around gore and it's like I do want to smash the bad guys, but like could I put on some gloves? <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's really fun. I, I mean, also in especially video games, I like um, in like Fallout and, and Skyrim and stuff like that. I like building a lot of charisma and luck into my characters. I like the charisma because I like having more um, silly dialogue options in games, and I like luck because that's where you get the like really random shit that happens, which I live for. So. I'm all about that. But yeah, I've I've also found looking over my my history of role playing games, I fucking love companions and I feel bad for some of the DMs that I've had because <laughs> they are clearly introducing like a character that is just to move the plot along and I'm like, "No, that character is my best friend now." And mm-hmm. that character is going on all of the adventures with us. And I made that character a sleeping bag. What's up? <laughs> oh, you are that player. I am. Your poor DMs. I'm, I'm I'm specifically talking about a character named Hobbs the Goblin who was or not Goblin, uh, Gollum, who was there explicitly to be like, hey, there's an evil wizard who's making golems. Like, here I am to tell you about that quest that you need to go deal with. And I'm like, Hobbs, you seem like a real straight shooter. We're going to become best friends. I've got this tiny bottle of gin. It's just for you. I got you some new clothes. You don't have to wear those scraps. (laughs) (laughs) He lived in my backpack. He saved us on <laughs> some fight we had that was going weird. It's like, wait a second, can Hobbs come out to participate in this fight? <laughs> and the DM's like, oh my god, okay, sure, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. The DM's like, I didn't even make stats. Yep. This, it's this. like, give me four minutes, I have to pull up some stats. <laughs> I'm like, hee hee my buddy. I give them a, a dagger. <laughs> wait, but now you're unarmed. I don't care. <laughs> oh yep yeah i love that also uh i guess this is more for like sci-fi stuff but in um like the first mass effect game uh, i can't remember what the the name of it is where you pick what your your skill sets are and there's the like magic user what is it called in mass effect i forgot I didn't play math. Oh god, you guys are letting me down. Um, I forget. It's it's the wizard. They have they cast spells. Uh, like biotech something. Something like that. Yeah. Is yeah. um. So it's like I played as uh the female shepherd with 
magic powers and then for like majority of of the the planetary quests i would bring Caden and liara with me who are both also the magic users so in the very beginning of the game it was really hard because we got killed by everything but by about the third like after passing the first third of the game we became unstoppable gods filled with black holes unending and it was magical and i have a lot of fun doing silly stuff like that in role-playing where um, it'll sort of start out as a joke, and then I turn that into like my character's whole thing, where it's like I'm I'm legitimately role playing as Commander Shepard, where it's like there's not many problems we can't solve with a well placed black hole. <laughs> so I mean, the three of us have played enough video games where we've had, I'm sure, tons of opportunities to experiment and just try different things, mm-hmm. and so not every single time is necessarily a reflection of who we are. I mean, some people always play the same character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lara sounds like you might be like kind of like that. <laughs> um, it, dep- it depends on the yeah. game, but m- majority of the time I play the same guy. Yeah, yeah, but but we've all experimented. Like when I played Mass Effect, I remember being in uh, a particular mood, <laughs> and I was like, I want to be something completely different. So I I made a femshep. I made her look like a Sith, like really pale, like like it looked like. I don't know, something out of Star Wars. And then I played completely Renegade. Like, there was never even any consideration. I made that choice that I was going to play completely Renegade. So I punched a lot of people in the face, cut off a lot of people, shot people uh, that I normally wouldn't have. But, I, I like, during that time, I felt like playing a completely different character than I normally would have. And, like, upon reflection, I, I, I was in the mood to play a character that was not like me. Maybe I felt... Like, if I were playing myself, I would have definitely been more of a paragon. But I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be <laughs> renegade in this game. And I mean, there are other games like, uh, let me see, like I platinumed the latest Infamous game on PlayStation, mm-hmm. so I had to play completely good and completely bad. And like, I was doing that for the trophies, so so that really doesn't count. When I uh, when I do a game, well, I think I went completely good on Infamous, but usually I will pick a completely bad, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I went Sith, dark, all the way, um, and I am not a evil person. At least I don't think I am. <laughs> but so 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 I'm asking you guys to reflect, right? Mm-hmm. So so did you do that just because generally you think that the the dark side is more fun right usually usually i feel like the dark side is more fun i think but i also am the type of person who um and this has come up on on the show before i like villains i like to look at why villains do what they do i think that's the therapist in me the like giving someone a little bit of the benefit of the doubt like there's got to be a reason everyone is flawed why did this person become this way um, and so I am definitely, my wife hates that I love the dark side so much and the, and the empire. And she's like, why, why do you gotta like that empire? I'm a Jedi. And I, I was like, you know what? In all honesty, I would probably be a bounty hunter that only took bounties from the good guys. But, um, I, I like, the dark side of things. Um, I play Horde when I play WoW. Um, it's, yeah, they're more fun and more interesting mm. to me. 
less goody two shoes. <laughs> there isn't like an ideological reason then. No, I do not think that um, planets should be blown up <laughs> with all the people okay. on them. Okay. I do not think that um, entire uh, races of people should be destroyed. I, I def, but I do like the idea of how did these people get these these ideas and how do the innocent people get swept up into these things and are not innocent anymore? How does it affect the average person? Redemption stories. I love redemption stories. Part of why I like Darth Vader so much. So I like playing those things out in games that give me the choice to choose between good and evil actions. And when you have like Knights of the Little Republic... I would go dark most of the way, and there would be one decision that I'd be like, that's too dark. I, I can't go there. <laughs> I can't go there. I'll find another way to get all the way dark. Yeah, there were there were some things. There were some things in Knights of the Old Republic that I just, I could not do. Hmm. I can't remember exactly because it's yeah. been so long since I played that game, but that's one of the best games for for looking at where your morals lie, I guess, <laughs> or lack thereof. This is fun. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are, those are like definitely good moments of reflection where you're like, Whoa, I can't, not even, I know I'm, I'm playing a role, but I can't do it. Hmm. Have there been any roles or any of these games that you played that came at a particular time in your life or, or you had the time to reflect on them and you got some sort of insight from either the the choices you were making or the type of character you were playing compared to what was going on in your life at that time? I don't think it was, for me, I don't think it's been at that time necessarily. I think later when I've had discussions like this with other people, um, I realized, oh, that makes sense now why I did that and why I do that. Having a wife who likes to talk about these things and why do you do these things? Why do you make these decisions in games? And she makes very different decisions in games than I do um, has pushed me to think and, and talk about this stuff. And both of us have played games, role-playing games, like our whole lives. Uh, so there's a lot of fodder for talking about and thinking about these things. But you don't have an example for me. But I don't have a specific <laughs> example. Like in the moment, no, I didn't like reflect on it and be like, oh, that's okay. why I did that. Um, gotcha. Later on down the line, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So most of the things are like in prepping for for this episode. It's kind of been, oh yeah, okay, that that makes sense. Like, I was easily able to come up with the, the, the fact, the no responsibility, I don't like responsibility <laughs> thing. But some of this other stuff is like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense why I like picking the dark side of things a lot of the time. Because I like characters that have flaws and, and nobody's completely black and white. There are shades of gray. Uh, and I like playing in that shade of gray area. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking because that's kind of what what inspired this conversation. It was, I mean, in part, it was the conversations that were happening on the Discord. But also, like, I've been noticing lately how I, 
like I said, I, I like to be a ranged character. I like to stand back. I like to kind of oversee. And in, in that sense, like in real life, like, like just geek therapy related, if it were up to me, I would never be on any of these shows. I would be a producer. I would be like, you all would be making the content. I'd be helping you out in the background. And the reason why I end up on the shows and I'm now on more shows than, than ever before, it's just because if I, I feel like if I don't. It won't get done. <laughs> nothing will get done. Yeah. And that attitude uh, and that, that, that line of thinking has been coming up more and more for me to the point where it's like, it's been bothering me, not just in geek therapy, but like in general, it's like, you know what? I'm gonna have to do this myself. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get up there. And like, I'm, I've been, I'm tired of sitting back and waiting for other people to do things or watching other people do something and thinking like, I could have done that faster. I could have done that more effectively. And I, I've seen that playing out in my games and it wasn't until I started looking at it in games and then reflecting on it that I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's what's happening to me for real. Like, I don't want to sit back in my game anymore. I want to go in there and punch the the, the monster like in the face. I don't, want, I don't want to stand back anymore. I need to, these arrows are not doing enough damage. I need to go in there with a, you know, the big ass sword, cut some tails off, <laughs> spit something in the face hard. Um, and feel, I don't know, like feel powerful like, and in charge, <laughs> not so much in charge because like, like you mentioned, but like you accomplished something. Well, like you said that you feel that the support roles are, have more responsibility, right? And mm-hmm. like, I've always, I think I've always felt comfortable with that, right? Like in those support roles, but then now I don't, now it's more like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like. It's like being in a raid and you're doing all the supports, but the the, the person is is not doing it right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, no, 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 you come over here and I'll go over there. And this and- is why when we play Destiny and do raids, I don't volunteer to do the special shit. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm not picking up that ball and running over there and depositing it. Someone else do it because I will fuck it up for everybody. <laughs> Those raids are hell of a good... Um, team building exercises <laughs> yeah yeah but you're so you're saying like you're the person that's like well i wouldn't volunteer to do it but if i if someone forced me to do it and i was like because we've had somebody say laura you're gonna go do this so i go do it and i screw it up you'd be like no 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 i got this because you're doing it wrong i need to do it <laughs> i seem to have less patience like I would have let you try 15 times before. Now, like by the third time, I'd be like, Lara. Okay, let's try something different. (laughs) Let's, 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 uh, (laughs) let's come up with a new plan. Yeah. That's how I've been feeling lately. So, I mean. That's interesting that lately you want things to be in your games like they are in life. Like for me, with the new paladin character I have in D&D, I chose a naturey paladin that is chaotic good, not your typical lawful good paladin like for the holy whatever I'm going to do things and use my divine power. No, my my character is the optimist in the group that wants everyone to understand the beauty of the world and show everyone how amazing everything is. And hey, guys, we're going to make it through this. And it's amazing. Everything's okay. And that is not how I am in life right now. (laughs) I'm not like, I'm not 
the horrible Debbie Downer all the time, but in life in general, I am very, I look at the details and very detail oriented and I think about what could go wrong in a situation and sometimes try to come up with a solution to fix it. Sometimes I expect others to come up with a solution, but it's going to be very different for me to play someone that is always looking on the bright side of things. Yeah. That's, mm -mm. We'll see how this goes. I'm and more and more. I'm like this game is going to be like torture for me. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun, but it's going to be torture. Hmm. Good torture. Hmm. <laughs> it's going to push me out of my box. Like you're looking for something that like helps make the box work for you. Like what is going on work for you, and help you feel some kind of like cohesion. For me, I'm like, I'm pushing my boundaries and stuff. I guess that's at a time where I'm in a transition. So maybe I want to try something new. I don't hmm. know. You said that I want to, like, you mean have cohesion and like that my game Reflects matches my life? Yeah. 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 I don't think it's, the, I don't think it's been deliberate. No. It's just been like. How it happens. Well, it, it wasn't until I saw it happening in the game. I was like, I don't, don't want to play this class anymore. Mm. Like, like I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen recently, and I started with a DPS character, uh, which is technically what do they? He's a lancer. He starts off as okay. right. And I was like, okay, this is cool, but this isn't what I usually play. And so then I went and got a a ranged character, and so I'm an archer now. Technically, I'm a bard at this level. And I was like, hmm, uh, you know what? I want to go in there and, and, and get in on the action again. I want to go in there and stab people with my lance. I want to like do things a little differently. And I don't want to be a bard and sing songs. I want to stab things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to, like I didn't want that support role. I didn't want to be farther away. I wanted to be closer and and again like reflecting on that and, and in other games too i see i see kind of how that's playing out i see what's happening who we playing apex i've been thinking about it a lot i'm like why am i choosing this character like i don't i don't like what's going on here i want to feel more effective i want to take some some apparent control i don't know lauren what about you does any specific examples of of times you've played a role that was either a direct reflection of who you were, how you were that, that will like you reach some insight because of it. Um, I don't know if I have a specific example. I mean, I've definitely had moments playing video games or tabletop games where I've reflected on in-game decision-making, uh, into my own real life decision-making. Um, but I don't know if I have a specific one. I mean, I remember when I was playing the first Borderlands, um, I played through as um, Lilith first as the Siren, and um, part of that was I, I thought she looked really cool, but also part of it was like she was the, the playable female character, so of course I was going to pick her. Um, and of course. Of course. And um, I played through the whole game as her, and she's... Um, a little bit weaker in the in the early game and then she can basically if you spec her right she can become one of the most powerful characters by the end um but i 
I started another game with somebody else and I ended up picking Brick and I just had such a blast running up and smashing people in the faces instead of doing like the phase walking, which is way more about positioning and, uh, you know, figuring out the timing to make sure you're coming in and out of phases at the the most opportune moments and everything. It was, it was a lot more sort of strategic thinking in my in my play. And then when I switched to Brick, it was just like, no, I'm shooting the bullets and then I'm punching the faces. And that's Smash. that's all I got to think about. It. And it's great. And there's something, you know, very enjoyable about making that that gameplay shift. See, I, I should have just gone with Brick. I bought the original Borderlands uh, Game of the Year edition uh, remastered and I picked Lilith. And normally... I would pick Brick. So I forced myself to pick someone different because I like my Gunzerker. Just go shoot things. So, huh. Yeah, and, I'm going to have fun playing. <laughs> in Borderlands 2, I played as Maya. And you can like control the field with Maya, right? Like mm-hmm. you, can, you can grab a whole bunch of characters. You can take their weapons, put people in stasis. But then when I played again, I played as... What, what's the commando's name? Axton? Is that his name? Yeah. When I played as him, I felt way more effective because technically I could throw down two turrets and each one of them had a shield. Mm-hmm. So I could shield uh, teammates at two different locations while simultaneously shooting from those locations with my two turrets while I'm over here also doing damage and doing something else. Mm-hmm. And like, I love It was playing. very helpful. <laughs> yeah yes yes it's also it's it's super helpful but like more importantly i felt helpful right like mm-hmm. i felt i love that feeling of like okay now i'm i'm it's like <laughs> i wanted to do a little bit of everything like no i need to i need to help protect my teammates and i need to do some crazy damage and i need to do it from like multiple angles and help people out and like, it was it was a a great feeling and and when we've gone back now i think every time i've, I've always played with axton right when yeah, played. when you come when you come help me. Yeah. But when we played a little bit of the pre sequel, you played Claptrap. So so that's <laughs> how was that? So that's an example of just I hate randomness, actually. So it's just a matter of um Well, when we've played, I am my level is so far ahead of yours that I'm not playing seriously. I'm mm-hmm. right. Like I'm not playing st- strategically. I'm playing, I'm basically goofing off. And so Claptrap is very much, is, he's so random, <laughs> literally, right? Every single yeah. time you use his ability, it's completely random and, and they're hilarious. I, I honestly don't like that, but it's, it's fun for what we were doing because we were playing, because you were moving along and I was, and I was just along to help. And even doesn't matter how random my, 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 my choice was, or not my, my lack of choice, my, my ability was, it still helped us. Mm-hmm. And so that was just pure fun, right? That was just, it's like when you're playing a fighting game and you just go random because, you know, it's like, you just, you just want to have fun. You're not there to. Yeah play for real for yeah real. <laughs> but if you were trying to level it up without have level claptrap up without you know like if you were at the even level and it wasn't so easy at that point yeah i don't you know would be, who you would want to throw the controller i think yeah oh no so absolutely unless you had absolutely. a sherpa <laughs> yes yes no absolutely no because there are times where his abilities are just annoying like <laughs> classic claptrap just annoying everybody <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know who I'd play. I have another character, but I forgot who it is. The classes are a little different in, in pre-sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I want to play in three. I don't know. I don't know either. Just a few more months. Damn. So I, I like this conversation. I, I love having it with people because some people, like, I think it's fun when some people are like, I've never thought about this. And then they check in with you a few weeks later. And it's like, I couldn't stop thinking about reflecting on the choices that my character is making now. And, you know, I've reached these insights or, or I'm, I'm thinking about it more. And I think this or I think that or I noticed this. I, I, I love that. I think there are a lot of really great examples that, that many people have, have discovered or found. Again, I think it's interesting whether, you know, talking with friends or with clients or or, or students and hearing them talk about those choices and then you ask them questions about why and why did you do that and why did you do this? And really, really interesting things can come from that. And I think it's a fun exercise, especially when you play, I don't know, I think when you play any any kind of game where you have a choice, it's like... I don't know, I've been playing Mario Maker this week. There's no choice there, right? There's <laughs> like just reach the end of the level. Someone built a level to have the trolley. Uh, <laughs> the the trolley oh, what is it? The the one the, where you kill the dilemma? You, yeah, yeah. The, the trolley dilemma, dilemma with where you kill one person and it was uh what is it, Monty Mole or whatever yeah, was and that then one? Five Goombas. And five Goombas. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> Kill those Goombas. Good. It's like reverse for me. <laughs> <laughs> Kill the Goombas, save them all. Oh, that is so good. I keep coming up with, I keep trying to come up with good ideas for levels that are, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, th- that's funny, right? Like what kind of, what kind of levels are you making in Mario Maker? What does that mm-hmm. say about you? <laughs> you? Yeah, exactly. You're trying to torture people or you're trying to, you know, make them feel powerful because there are some levels where you're just like unstoppable and that feels really good and some are almost impossible to beat and others are like really relaxing (laughs) what does that say about you well it's funny because i don't i don't completely agree with like that these choices say something about you but i think that upon reflection we can definitely get some insights and i don't know I i think it's fun but i think it's also can be can be helpful i think that just the parallel of like changing your play style and going all in and and being reckless right and then you're like oh wait a minute you know like there's a life lesson there too <laughs> <You should laughs> mm-hmm. come over here and grind a little and prepare and instead of you know doing that or you know maybe there are roles that you're better suited for and i, I do like the idea laura that you're exploring right that you're like no i'm gonna try something new with this character and you're also going to try something new in real life and mm-hmm. maybe you're just testing testing that feeling in the game that's that's pretty cool i'll like let that. you know how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah brandon couldn't be with us today but we are going to do a role-playing experiment on the show in a few weeks and i'm sure we'll revisit a lot of these themes um and and actually play them out i actually don't have any tabletop role-playing game experience well it's very very limited so i don't i don't have any stories all of mine come from from video games so that's gonna be really interesting be a lot of fun woo i'm excited i i definitely i mean 
we've combined both video games and tabletop into this conversation, but I do think that there are distinctions between the two, and I, I'm excited for you to play some some tabletop role playing games. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be good. I went through a tabletop drought for like ten years, and now I'm like, I'm gonna play all the games. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, and because we are Geek Therapy, we're going to have an entire episode where we reflect on the game that we played. Of course. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, of course. I'm excited. So be, yeah. Yee. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't made any decisions. I'm, I haven't, I've tried not to think about it. Like what kind of character I'm going to play. I'm going to, I don't know. Like I haven't, I don't have a plan. I don't know if I'm, if I want it to reflect how I'm feeling right now. I don't know if I want it to be something different. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be be a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some news. So here at Geek Therapy, we started a new show called The Happiest Pod on Earth. It's a lot like this show, but focused entirely on Disney. We're covering all the new movies as well as classic Disney properties and looking at relatable stories, psychology, mental health, you know, geek therapy stuff. You can visit The Happiest Pod on Earth at happy.geektherapy.com to learn more and subscribe. Again, you can find it at happy.geektherapy.com. And we're back. Since we're, you know, the beginning of season five, we're trying things, uh, a few different things. So for the second half or, you know, the back part of the of the episodes, before we wrap up, we may have different segments. Sometimes we'll do the question queue. You can ask questions at geektherapy.com slash QQ. Maybe sometimes we'll, we'll bring back Media Matters. Media Matters. But uh, I don't have a name for this segment yet, but it's something that, that I'm always interested in doing, and, and every now and then we can do it, which is where we bring up news articles that are kind of representations of the type of thing we want to see at Geek Therapy, the type of stuff that we would like to celebrate. You know, geeking out, doing good, that, that type of thing. So I've got two articles here to go over real quick. One is from Kotaku, and it says, Streamer raises almost $1 million for charity in just four hours. Wow. And... This one was uh, pretty cool. It was GuardianCon. So GuardianCon started as a Destiny fan event. And now it's like a weekend, the whole weekend uh, convention. Mm -hmm. And it also includes a week-long stream. So different people volunteer their time and stream for for GuardianCon. And I think it was towards the end that Bungie itself, like Bungie who makes Destiny 2, they they had their block of time and they raised i don't know how many like a couple hundred thousand dollars during that time and then after uh, after bungie was done uh dr lupo ben lupo uh played fortnite and he's the one that during his slot he made nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars or over that in just his four-hour slot that is crazy that is so much money They were raising money for St. Jude Children's Hospital, Children's Research mm-hmm. Hospital. And like I love events like this. I love we just had uh summer games done quick. There's so much fun to watch. And right when you when you sit down and you watch one of those, you're watching uh uh speed runs and they'll take time in between to talk about the donations that they're getting. I forgot how many millions, uh how many millions of dollars Games Done Quick did this last time. But this the stream for GuardianCon, they had a total, I think, of $3 million that they raised. But it's crazy that $1 million of that was like in the last few hours. Whew. So good. So good to see to see gaming used for, for these causes. I think that Games Done Quick uses different charities every time, hmm. I think. Is that is that true? Do you I know? think so. 
yeah i think that every every time they use something different um and i don't know i didn't know guardian con had a, a week-long stream also that that they did for charity and you know every year we've participated in the extra life campaign which yeah. raises money for children's network hospitals so i don't know I, I love that it's a trend i i can't believe like a part of me thinks how is it possible that so many of these things happen throughout the year and they they make millions of dollars you know or they they uh, raise millions of dollars every single time mm-hmm. so good but uh definitely an example of uh, geeking out doing good and this other one is an article that lauren you shared this one this one's really great. It's uh, from The Conversation, and it says, Meet Sophia, a 67-year-old widow who uses Pokemon Go to reconnect with her city. And I love this article. It, it talks about this this woman, Sophia, 67, who she started playing Pokemon Go with her grandson. She lives in Spain, and like she just started going out more and being more social. And the article goes on to say that uh, social workers are recommending Pokemon Go to clients to boost two key dimensions of aging, uh, of aging well, exercise and social inclusion. So one thing that they're doing is that uh, they're, they're going to publish research about the stuff that they're doing. And the article says, our yet-to-be-published research uses data from a meetup bot we built on the Messenger program uh, Telegram to help people organize Pokemon Go raid boss battles. So, like, just like raids in any game, it's hard to coordinate with people. Like, mm-hmm. you join a guild. Like, there's definitely some social, um, like, you have to be social, right? You have to reach out to people. You have to be willing to to chat and, and, and organize and it's so cool that to to help people who are older in the city, they they like they made this bot to kind to help the, organize them, because like I've gone to Pokemon Go raid battles and it's like there's a messenger thread and a WhatsApp thread and a Discord. A Discord. Yeah, <laughs> there's like four different groups and people are texting each other and there's a caravan of cars. It's like. And everybody's like, there's always like half the people are like, are you with this group? Like, where are we going next? Like, I lost my group. Can I tag along with you guys? <laughs> or 40 That's why people I love at a San store. Diego Comic Con last year. Like, we just walked up to the raid and people were standing there doing it. That's true. That was a lot easier. Yeah. 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 But like with my with my brother-in-law, we went to places where there were like a hundred people mm-hmm. in a, at a strip mall. You know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's nobody here except this giant mob of people. There's too many of us. Like we started and splitting only up. so many are in a group. Yeah. 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 With the split up to do different groups. So like, all right, you, red group over here, blue group over here. And then you start splitting up by by your by your factions. And anyway, it can get it can get intense. So to help people kind of get into that and find a group to do that, I think I think is just fantastic. And we are, what, two years from from the launch of Pokemon Go, and this article just came up. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So good. That was a good find, Lauren. Uh, it's been three years since Pokemon Go came out. Three, right? Three. 2016, yeah. June. Guys, we're getting old. Years Oof. are going by. It's been three years. I'm still playing. <laughs> Maybe we'll be getting an article about uh, Wizards Unite in a couple mm-hmm. couple years. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think mean, we'll I, get more Pokemon Go. Uh, more right. more people <laughs> around Pokemon here, Go. I think, are playing uh, Wizards Unite than Pokemon Go. Well, it is new, but yeah. I've been playing both. Um, but what, what I really liked about that article about the woman is this sort of line where she's talking about, um, 
you know, going on walks with her grandson. And um, part of Pokemon Go is uh, it, it picks various landmarks in your neighborhood as Pokestops and gyms. And then it, it'll have like a picture of whatever the thing is. It's usually, uh, you know, murals or statues or park entrances and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of painted utility boxes in Santa Cruz that are Pokestops. But um, she, she talks about how, you know, she's lived in this town or whatever for a long time or maybe her whole life and going around with her grandson and sort of rediscovering landmarks through a different lens instead of like, well, this has just been here since 1972. It's like, oh, this is, you know, this is the Poke Stop where, um, like, I got that one egg that turned into the, you know, Whelmer I was really hoping for and all that kind of stuff. It, it, I don't know. It's really sweet. I, I like the idea of a game sort of reframing your relationship with your environment. And I think Pokemon Go definitely does that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great article because it's not only the story of this woman, Sophia, it also talks about redlining in the city. It also talks about yep. social workers using it as a as a tool to help people again with with uh, aging well. And then it also talks about oh, and we also got this research and we did all this other stuff. So it covers a lot of bases. I, it, it's it's definitely my type of article. Good read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it talks about the city of Badalona in Spain. I'm not familiar with where that is. Maybe maybe Lydia from the community can uh chime in let me know she's been there she how many older people she sees playing pokemon Go all the time <laughs> she can be our uh, uh reporter on the scene <laughs> <laughs> and so those are the two articles i had for this week i think it's a good practice to to kind of point out and celebrate stuff like that when we see it so if anybody can come up with a good name for that segment i i i'd uh, i'd love to hear it the more alliteration, the better. So, <laughs> okay. If it, no alliteration will reduce the likelihood of, of being accepted. <laughs> but that's it for this episode of GT Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think of the new format, how we're doing, anything you want to see different, anything you want to see us cover. And yeah, we got some really good feedback in the Discord last week. That's fantastic. Um, every episode you can comment on the forum uh, for all of the shows on the JT Network and there are links to all of that and how to reach us and contact us in the show notes for this episode you can find the show notes other episodes links to everything that uh, Geek Therapy is doing over at geektherapy.com over at the new and improved geektherapy.com did some fixes I think it's it's okay I actually broke the website completely last week like completely <laughs> of course you did like I destroyed it like I was trying to fix some things security is still an issue even though we've we've got a lot of things in place and I tried to fix something I got fancy I, I destroyed it I had to I had to reboot from a backup <sighs> but it's okay it works it still works at least I hope so Ooh. I hope it does yeah <laughs> let me know if it doesn't work <laughs> please always let me know or if you find anything that uh, doesn't look right alright so thank you so much for listening thank you for joining us remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week this episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters we'd like to say a special thank you to our Patreon producers this month Ben, Booney, John, Kat, Mark Reese, Jamila and Lydia 
To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.